The Steve Lobby Agency presents The Christian Publishing Show, a podcast for writers who want to advance Christ's kingdom using the written word. Here's your host, Thomas Umstadt Jr. Some authors think, as soon as I write a book, then I can start to minister. But those authors have it all backwards. You can start ministering and blessing people right now, and your book should be an overflow out of that ministry. In fact, this is the better way to do it. Don't wait for your book to come out to start blessing people. And we have a guest today who knows exactly about that. She knows how to use a book to complement a ministry, not the other way around. The ministry comes first, then comes the book. First comes marriage, then comes the baby with the baby carriage. First comes the ministry, then comes the book. So our guest today is Christian, international speaker, and award-winning author of over nine books, or of nine books, and she's passionate about helping ministry leaders to clarify their God-given ministry uh, and message. Crystal Day, welcome to the Christian Publishing Show. Hi, Thomas. Um, Thank you so, so much for having me. So uh, tell us a little bit about how you got started. All right, so I... It will be good for me to talk about my conversion story. So I am from Kingston, Jamaica, and, you know, persons might say, eh, that accent sounds a little bit familiar. But yes, I'm from Kingston, Jamaica, which we know is one of the Caribbean islands and considered a third world country. Um, In Jamaica, um, it's considered a Christian nation, um, meaning, you know, we still, we have prayers in school, we have devotions, you know, so all of that um works you know we we kind of know about christianity the thing though with having a nation like that it does mean that um sometimes we are we compromise the gospel um a lot in terms of okay it just seems like christianity is just a part of what we do and not necessarily who we are so i know of god i grew up knowing of god but and one day believing that I would become a Christian, but not necessarily living a lifestyle of Christianity. So growing up, I grew up in inner city, in a poverty, poor communities, and there's just a lot of, you know, violence and, you know, teenage pregnancy, etc. And I got caught in, you know, going the way of the culture. Um, uh, When I was about nine eighteen nineteen a friend of very good friend of mine died and I think that as a way of reminding us of how temporary our life really is and that's when I started to be a little bit more conscious of what Christianity is about and you know who God is. I eventually gave my life to the Lord and you know I kinda live lukewarm for a few years. Um in now twenty after living lukewarm I got pregnant in church and and this is all a part of my testimony, why, you know, how I got in ministry. So that's why I'm sharing this part. Um, so when I resurrendered my life to the Lord, um, and I was at a party January 1st, 2014, and I'm saying, Lord, I want to live for you. I don't know what that would really looks like, but help me. And that, that day I decided to really just walk in, you know, see what it means to walk in the way of the Lord. In doing this, I started to, you know, the word of God tells us that, you know, those who hunger for righteousness shall be filled. So I started to pray about the hunger and the more I felt that hunger and thirst for righteousness, it sent me on the internet to find blogs. Um, I think at that time in 2014, 
blogs were very, very popular. So I started to, you know, read a lot of Christian blogs. Now, again, a lot of the things I saw online was not here. We were not exposed to in Jamaica. So I didn't hear much. You know, I go to church, but I didn't hear pastors talking much about purpose or calling. And, you know, you just talk about the, oh, do not have sex before marriage. You know, just the basic. But a lot of the things, it was based on, you know, things I saw on the internet. And then I started to seek the Lord on purpose. And in doing this, you know, um, the Lord started to show me and say, oh, what about your gifts? Know that you are, know that you have had a testimony of, you know, um, knowing who I am. It's now your time as what the Great Commission says to go out into the world and share the gospel. So I started ministry for me started with me typing on social media, all the things that I was learning, the, the revelations that I was getting. I was sharing devotionals. Now at this time, I didn't know about branding. I didn't know about, you know, but that's where it really started. It really was, I was just challenge to share the gospel in the way that um, was um, applicable to me, which was one, using social media. Then I started blogging and um, yeah, then the ministry started to grow. So it started off with, you know, short posts on Facebook or Instagram about what God was showing you. And then you're like, I need more space because God's showing me more things or I'm discovering more things in the Bible. I want to be able to talk about it in more depth. And so you started blogging, you started having more substantive conversations. And what I love about this is that um, you're starting where you are. You know, a lot of times we're like, oh, I can't share the gospel unless I go on a short-term mission trip to some other culture. It's like, that only makes it harder, right? It's like, now there's a, a language difference and you're spending all this money and you're not there for very long. And um, what we see in the Bible is that when people, uh, their lives are transformed, they often start sharing the gospel immediately with the people right around them, right? The Philippian jailer didn't go on some, you know, miss, short-term missions trip to Colossae. He went to his family and led them all to Christ. <laughs> he didn't go very far. And, um, and, and Paul does the same thing. He starts preaching the gospel basically immediately, long before he starts writing books. And you're, so you're faithful in the little things. You're faithful with the tweets or, or whatever, the short stuff on social media. Then you went to blogging. So what happened after you started blogging? So now this is where I started to get mind blown, right? Because now the more I post on social media, persons kept reaching out to say, I want you to speak here and I want you to speak here. And I was so now picture this is when I was graduating high school, I graduated as one of the top girls in high school and I was nominated to be valedictorian and I told him I will never be seen speaking in public right <laughs> like that was our big fear no this a pastor called me i never forget you know this was november 2014 um you know i've been sharing this so my my journey started me sharing just as i got i rededicated my life to the lord and he says you know i'm supposed to come and share my testimony and i'm like okay cool good um i can i think i can manage that but then he called me like two weeks before like oh the lord said you must bring the message so I'm like, what does that even mean, <laughs> right? Um, because the church I attended, they don't believe women should speak on the platform. So I was, you know, a little so I decided to fast and pray, and you know, the Lord just showed up mightily. But one of the things, so I started to speak. So the more I put my the message that God has placed on my heart out there, um, it started there. Then I started to get speaking platforms, and then it frightened me because people were paying me <laughs> to to speak. I'm like, you know, how much do you charge? I'm like, 
don't, I don't charge, you know, whatever the Lord leaves. And, you know, the more I, as you said, you know, I was blogging and then the, a crazy thing happened. People started to ask, so when are you releasing a book? So in my mind, I mean, I was always in writing. I've been writing in journals. I'm a girly girl. So, you know, you're writing journals, their diary kind of thing, but not thinking about the possibility of writing a book. And that's, you know, people kept asking, you know, when the book coming out, what about the book? And, um, you know, I started to host events. And as you mentioned, you know, I started to host events in my community. So the community that I was from, I was passionate about teen girls and I started to do um, you know, just workshops for the teens and they invited their friends and then the Lord said, Oh, I want you to bring a women's conference um there and no, in Jamaica at that time, I've never seen like a women's conference. So I'm like, Lord, I don't even know where, wh- what that is, you know, but again, thank God for the internet. You know, I was able to research. I was able to visit a, a, a conference overseas and then give, take some of the ideas that I, you know, got from that and, you know, bring it to Jamaica. So that's how it kind of started and uh, which led to me starting my first book. Now, when some of you heard she started uh, receiving money for speaking, you're like, oh, well, I, I can never do that. And I want to challenge that thinking because that's not biblical thinking. The, the Bible actually speaks very clearly about this. And if you're curious, the passage is uh, 1 Corinthians 9. <laughs> so Paul is talking about whether or not it's okay to receive money for doing Christian work and you know, doing Christian ministry. And he quotes this Old Testament passage about not muzzling the ox while it's treading the grain, right? Which is this Old Testament passage that it's cruel to make an ox do the work and not be able to eat while it's doing the work, right? It's just cruel. And he's like, you think that God only cares about oxes? (laughs) He cares about us too. And um, this applies to us. And so it's okay to get money. It's okay to provide for your family. I I don't know if it should be your, um, when it comes to motivation, it shouldn't be the only thing that you think about, right? Your goal needs to be uh, to advance the kingdom, but it doesn't make you more holy uh, to not get paid. Uh, it just makes you richer, right? Because you have money from somewhere else. And it's really easy to look down on people who have to get paid, right? Because they're not independently wealthy like you. And then it, it gets into weird, it messes up your th- theology. So, so it's okay to make money. And we're going to talk a little bit about money and just realize that that's okay. It's okay to do good work and to get good pay uh, for your work. So Crystal, back to your story. So you start speaking for free, presumably, right? You speak at your church. Your pastor's not paying you to share your testimony. No, but it's funny, Thomas, actually the first speaking engagement I got paid. Really? Which again, you know, is like, yeah, I got paid. And I mean, even if I, even if they didn't give me, I like, but everywhere I went to speak, people kept, you know, whether sewing or, you know, it, came to me and like oh you really blessed me and they would so and it was it was really new to me i didn't know that was um thing but you know to god be the glory yeah when i would say that is a unique thing to speaking at christian audiences you know you give a free talk and people just give you money afterwards or they take up an offering uh for you and uh so so you start speaking in you know you start at your own local church you know at the request of your pastor and i love this right you're being faithful where you are and then that leads to more speaking opportunities until finally you're putting on a women's conference having never been to one before <laughs> so you're doing research uh it'd be like me putting on a women's conference because i too have never been to a women's conference I'm like what does that even look like um and this is yes. for for those of you who are wanting to get into speaking 
uh, or wanting to embrace it more, instead of waiting for people to create events for you to speak at, I think it's really important to, one, embrace your local church. And, and if your local church isn't supporting you, um, that's something to really think through because maybe it's not the right season or there's a lot of big questions you need to ask, right, if, uh, if, yes. if you can't uh, start there. But creating your own events is really powerful, and it's a great way to get practice, and it's a great way to minister to people. Because everyone wants to be invited to somebody else's event. Very few people are willing to put on the event. Because it's not a very glorious job. And it's a lot of work. Yes. As I imagine you learn. And warfare. <laughs> Spiritual warfare. <laughs> yeah. So how did that first women's conference go? Listen. I I mean. So. I don't know. I remember. I, you know. The Lord. I said it to two friends of mine and I was like, you know, I really think this is what the Lord wants me to do. And he says 100 women are going to come. Now I know listeners might be listening because in the US, you know, you guys are used to 2,000, 3,000, right? But 100 women at the time here in Jamaica was a big deal. And I'm like, at that time, I didn't even have Instagram. I was just on Facebook and I wasn't as popular as I am now. So I was like, there's no way 100 women are going to show up. Um, you know, thank God the Lord sent some, um, you know, friends that were very supportive of the vision. We put together the two, the, the, the itinerary. I started to seek in speakers. Um, and it's, this is where my book came because I started to, as I saw speakers, one of the things the Lord said, you are going to be one of the main speakers. And I'm like, you know, no Lord, like, please don't do this. But you know, it's like, yeah. And in preparing my message, for that first conference, that's where my first book, Living a Royal Reality, came about. And one of the things you have spoken on um, multiple times on your, your podcast, because I'm a faithful listener, you have spoken about what that message. Also, I'm a graduate of the book launch <laughs> blueprint. <laughs> so um, one of the things you spoke about is that main message. What is that main message when it comes on to branding? And one of the main thing for me that kept coming out was identity and, you know, seeing myself as royalty. Again, never been taught this in church per se, um, but no, the Lord was teaching me what that looks like based on my experience growing up in the inner city. You know, um, a lot of persons had a, you know, a negative impact like identity growing up in poverty here so now the lord was teaching me my identity in him and now challenging me to go out there and teach women that so that's how my first book came um about you know me talking about royalty living a royal reality you know discovering your purpose worth and identity in christ so i saw the lord using the messages that he has placed on my heart and building a platform at that time not knowing it was a platform i'm not knowing these terms but looking back now that was what he was doing and yeah 100 women 111 women showed up to that conference um to god be the glory um you know i mean it was an amazing um amazing time in the lord and then that's how my book was birthed and it's great having a book being birthed out of a talk like this and it's one of the things that gives speakers a kind of an unfair advantage because it allows you to kind of work through your ideas in a more real world environment, right? Because it's one thing to sit in front of Microsoft Word and you're like, everything I'm writing is golden, right? But it's another thing to stand in front of a crowd 
and present to them while you're looking in their faces the whole time. And you can see if they're nodding and they're participating or if they're getting a little confused, you know, you get this really good feedback or, or you say something that you thought was really funny and nobody laughs or uh, you say something that you didn't think was funny and people laugh. Cause like my talks get pretty funny after I've delivered them, you know, 10 or 20 times, but not cause I write any jokes. It's because I accidentally say things that are funny and I hear people laugh and I'm like, Oh, I should say that next time. So they slowly get funnier and funnier. And that kind of refining really helps hone the ideas so that then when you go to write your book, it's coming out of that experience, out of that practice, out of that training, and you end up with a stronger book. And you now can sell it the next time you give that talk. <laughs> so it, it it goes hand in hand. Yes, yes. And also, I mean, fast forward to know, you know, as I've grown as an author, um, I've now learned, thank God for the internet. You guys keep hearing me saying because there's so much, um, you know, golden nuggets from learning from others. Um, now I'm able to do courses um, from these books, you know, take little nuggets from the books and create a course, um, you know, give more, you know, be on, on different podcast interviews where I can share a little nugget of, you know, something from the book. Um, but yes, it does come from, you know, just being faithful in that beginning stage. Because uh, so, so let's talk about that first book. So the book came out of the material from the conference. Were you writing the book before the conference happened or did it come after the conference? What was the order there? So I wrote the outline. So again, I just sat down, you know, in prayer and the Lord just gave me the title. I was like, oh, this sounds good. Um, but I don't even know what it meant. And he gave me the outline. And in the talk that I gave, um, so it was like a 19 chapter book, but he said, just share three main points with them, right? And let them know that the book is coming out. So, you know, they, they would be expecting it. So, um, eventually when it came, so I was able to share that three main points, but there were other points in the book, um, for further. So I eventually wrote the book over another few months. Um, I, I got a, a, a hybrid publisher um, in the US to help me to put that out. One of the major things for me at that time, and this was 2016, was to get my books on Amazon. Now, I know right now everybody books is on Amazon again. Because I'm from Jamaica, there are not a lot of books that were on Amazon. Um, and then I became, I, I saw this thing about becoming an Amazon bestseller list become an Amazon bestseller and I'm the kind of person that likes to challenge myself so I started to do a lot of research you know what do you what does it take to become an Amazon bestseller I want to be the first Jamaican to go on Amazon bestseller um you know and just doing the things and you know to God be the glory when I released the book um you know it did become an Amazon bestseller in the top you know like number one in the top three categories at the time and you know i mean when i looked initially more than like 800 people had bought the kindle copy in like a month and again i did not have a big platform but you know i guess the message you know while i did what i could be faithful in i guess god just you know just was able to bless me with much <laughs> Yeah. And you have kind of a unique challenge in that Jamaica is a small country. So there is no Amazon Jamaica. It's not like Amazon.Canada, right? Where Canada has its yes. own version of, of Amazon or .co.uk for the UK. There's no like Amazon.ja for Jamaica, uh, or uh, I'm not sure what the extension is for Jamaica, uh, which means that you're having to compete in the U.S. market 
without having as much access, right? It's harder for you to speak at a church or an event in the U.S. because right? you have to fly in and there's visas and there's lots of cost and complexity. And so it's, uh, I imagine it's really forced you to really learn how to do digital marketing, right? Because yes. the, doing yes. the stuff online, the blogging um, and uh, is really important. And this is a, a, a challenge that a lot of people in America face too because while they are living in the States, they may be living far away from the population centers, right? Because there's the parts of America that have lots of people living in them, and then there are the parts of America that don't, right? If your state ends in the word Dakota, there's not a lot of people there. <laughs> and, so, uh, and it may be lots of cost and complexity for you to speak at um, events as well. And so uh, this is really applicable. If somebody from Jamaica can make it work and get you know bestseller and category bestseller on Amazon, uh, you can do it as well. And the key is to be faithful at each step, right? Uh, don't jump straight into writing a book and posting it on Amazon and expecting, you know, money to fall from the heavens because it doesn't work that way. So you write your first book and then is it just kind of a, a back and forth between like continuing to speak and continuing to write books? Kind of what happens uh, next in the story? Yes. So um, the more, so yeah, so it's almost back and forth. Um, like you said, I have no force to use, you know, a lot of digital marketing skills, you know, learn. This is now me learning about what an email list is, um, you know, and you no know, trying to be faithful with building an email list. Um, one thing that came out of that though was, um, you know, the Lord had placed on my heart that he's going to help, I'm going to help others to birth other books, right? Um, so with me studying, me not knowing that I'm studying all of these things for myself, um, I was able to, you know, birth a hybrid publishing company. Um, again, I did not know this was possible. And I tell people that, you know, really God is really like prior should be a part of your business strategy and your ministry strategy because you know while there are things out there there are unique things that he would teach you and that's what he kind of did with me and you know helping others to um write their books and um you know just learning different skills so i can help others to do what i've been doing so you know in jamaica when i launched the the business um you know just teaching others it was was really a big thing you know i mean it's still pretty a big thing um but also what i am grateful for you know the scripture says the hurt is the lord and the fullness thereof um so i don't i tell people i don't operate a Jamaican company, I operate a global company because of um, digital marketing. I'm able to sell books, you know, and speak on podcasts, um, you know, where people are all over the world. Um, I've gotten a few speaking engagement in the U.S. also um, that, you know, I've, persons have invited me to come up and, you know, pre speak and, you know, share the message that the Lord has placed in my heart. So books at the while. I do believe, yes, some persons can use the book to launch their ministry to an extent. I do believe that it's more, um, not just profitable, but more impactful if you are able to start building that platform before um, to help you to own the message even better so that it will be more impactful for whoever God has called you to serve. That's right. And to talk about money a little bit, it gives you a more diversified set of income, right? You have money that comes in from the books. You have money that comes in from speaking. You have money that comes in from, you know, coaching or training. If you have courses, you have money that comes in from that. And what's really good about this is that, you know, if the books vanished tomorrow, 
it's not like all of your money would vanish because <laughs> you have these other sources of income. Um, and that gives you a lot more uh, confidence or, or security to be bold in what you say, right? Cause it's, cause when all of your money comes from one person or one publishing company, that one publishing company has a lot of control over what you say, but when your money's coming in from multiple places, it gives you more, uh, it makes it easier to be courageous <laughs> or requires less courage, uh, to take uh, bold stances on issues. And it also, uh, makes there, uh, talks in Ecclesiastes. There's a whole chapter on uh, diversification. It's in, Ecclesiastes uh, 9 or 10. I, I was just looking at this passage uh, a couple days ago, but it's got that enigmatic passage about cast your bread upon the waters <laughs> and the, it will return. But if you keep reading, he says, you know, be busy in the morning and then stay busy all afternoon because you don't know where your profit will come from, from the one or the other or both. And he talks a little bit about how God's plans are a mystery and how God controls what happens, but we don't know what he's doing or what he's blessing. And so, you know, having your um, efforts focused in a couple different places, not too many, but a, a few, uh, is, is advice from Solomon. And I encourage you to read uh, Ecclesiastes. If you're the kind of person who reads Proverbs every day, you got to chase it with some Ecclesiastes, because Proverbs alone will mess you up with your theology. <laughs> you got to also read that everything is meaningless. <laughs> you can't just read Proverbs. It's true, but it's not the whole truth. Uh, there's a reason we have all 66 books of the Bible. Yes. <laughs> so I want to talk uh, briefly about how you use the different aspects of your ministry to support each other. Because you, as so you started with the speaking and then you added the books and that's really obvious, right? You speak and it helps give you good ideas for the book. The book gives you something to sell from the stage and the ideas that come out of your most popular talks go into your books. But you do more than just books and speaking. So walk us through some of the other things that you do and how they su- support uh, your books and speaking. Um, all right. So one of the things I had to, to, to kind of learn. So while I do have the business aspect of, you know, helping persons to publish their books, um, I also realized that I had a brand or my brand Crystal Day was growing. And, you know, what does that look like? There are aspects, for example, me working with teen girls is more a passion, just a passion project that, you know, I don't charge to mentor. I don't charge. So what I have been doing was doing, you know, online group mentorship with um, your teenage girls from all over the world and like you mentioned in the beginning you can start where you're at um, you know so I do you know like journal prompts with them and you know again just use different things now while I don't necessarily earn an income from that portion um, what I found is that one I'm able to um, craft uh, you know, different ideas of, you know, for example, I, I speak a lot to women. So how I can, you know, host, um, you know, long, um, paid mentorship program for women, right? Because women can afford it. Um, so I have been doing that, you know, a few group coaching programs also, um, like you mentioned, regarding not just the, I've, I've started recently doing courses. So like my newest book, um, Dear Insecurity, um, a woman's guide to, releasing self-doubt and activating our God-given gifts. I realize a lot of persons don't know about finding spiritual gifts, don't know. So I actually launched a course with that book. Um, so that has also, you know, been a way that I'm gen- generating revenue. I also la- launched my podcast, The Diary of a Jesus Girl. And while I don't make money directly from the podcast, the podcast allows me, one, to grow my platform, which allows me to sell more books, but also um, it is also a great 
way to connect with new people um, that will also help me with the exposure. So those are some of the ways that I found, um, you know, ministry. And as um, you mentioned, Thomas, uh, because... I've learned to diversify the income portion. It means that I can stay true to sharing the gospel in the way that God says and don't feel like I have to compromise or have to say what's politically correct kind of thing because I'm only dependent on this one, one thing. Um, the final thing um, I want to say, you mentioned about the money. One of the major um, struggle for me, one, um, you know, I'm from the, the, the Caribbean, so there is, there is like, you can't talk about money <laughs> at all <laughs> in Christendom, right? It's like, you shouldn't charge. So the Lord had to take me through, you know, just, um, I got connected to a ministry called the Church for Entrepreneurs, and um, there's a scripture in Proverbs that talks about blessed for blessed blessed are those who sell the grain um and curse who hoard the grains so if you're you, basically this the, the proverbs was shit, shit saying that listen if there's a need out there you it is blessed for you to sell and that was a major mindset shift for me because i found that it wasn't very productive for me to always giving away everything for free because um it meant that when it was time for me to publish another book i didn't have enough money right but um and or when i'm trying to anything at all there was i found that people valued even in the kingdom what they paid for right they, they really valued what they paid for and not saying it's just to charge premium money but you know enough that they feel like okay i've sacrificed something and that's when i saw persons really taking the mentorship i do many free mentorship and they just come and they show up but when they pay they are more um you know dedicated to doing the discipleship program or the mentorship program than when i did it for free now, if you're uh, a farmer, this is very obvious, right? And if you're farming and you're throwing your grain on the ground and you're harvesting it and then you give away all of your grain, you then have no grain to put on the ground the next year <laughs> to sow. Uh, and, and what's obvious for farmers, though, is often not ob- obvious when what you're selling isn't tangible, right? Because you're selling teaching, you're selling instruction. It's not like you're putting something in, in somebody's hands. And But that principle still applies, right? Bless, blessed are those uh, who sell because you're, you're creating benefit. And one of the things that I like about your approach, and this is actually a, a common approach uh, in the secular world, but it's, it's, I think it's a very Christian a- approach, is that you have a mixture of free offerings, cheap, cheap offerings, and expensive offerings, right? People can read your blog for free. They can follow you on Twitter for free. They can listen to your podcast for free, right? A lot of people listen to the Christian publishing show and never pay anything for it. They can get something new. Uh, every other week, but you also have books that people can buy for you know five, ten, fifteen dollars, twenty dollars, you know whatever the the book costs in their country. It's a little bit of money, but it's not like a oh this is this great expenditure. And then you have courses that are uh, more expensive than that, and so it allows you to have different offerings for different people at different price points and at different levels of commitment. And this is a funnel. <laughs> it's what we call marketing world, a funnel. And yet it allows you to reach the broadest number of people. And, you know, you're working with teen girls and you're not charging them, right? That's, that, that's how it should be, right? Cause not everyone can pay and not everyone should pay. Uh, but you're still learning, right? If you can teach a teen girl, um, then you can teach anybody. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Yes, and if you can can um really capture their attention and keep them coming, yes, exactly. Because um, 
you have to learn how to be compelling. You have to learn how to contextualize your your message to, to reach them. Now, you have an advantage in that you used to be a teen girl, right? So you would do better than I, I would. <laughs> you know. And especially if I were trying to reach out to Jamaican teen girls, I wouldn't know where to start, right? So this is the other advantage of starting, uh, growing where you're planted, is that you have all of these advantages uh, because you already understand your own culture. And, but it's the scariest, right? Who's the scariest person to share the gospel with? Your own parents, right? <laughs> because they're going to continue being your yes. own parents after you share the gospel. It's easy with some stranger on the other side of the world that you'll never see again. That's easy. Uh, and, but it's harder to do it more at home. But where are you more likely going to be able to share the gospel uh, and, and explain it in a way that's understood to your own family, to your own friends, to people in your own culture? And I'm not saying don't travel. I'm not saying not to do missions. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is before you go to Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth, you need to first be faithful in Jerusalem and 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 practice where you are. And and, and that's exactly what we're seeing with your story, Crystal. You know, you're starting to travel abroad. You're starting to travel to the United States. And, and you know, who knows? As the lockdowns end, you you may travel more and more as events start to, to happen again. But this is another advantage. Uh, of ha- doing online courses and being, you know, the being in Jamaica seems like a disadvantage because it makes it harder to speak in person. But I imagine in 2020, you were very thankful for all those digital things you created. <laughs> I know, like I did not, like I did not have to. I didn't feel like I needed to freak out, you know, to come on the the, the platform because I I was building an email list. I was doing the webinars before, you know, it was cut like. It, it seemed new here. Um, and to be honest, uh, initially, I, I, there was a lot of, um, and this is where as a Christian, we want to be very honest that we do face spiritual warfare. There is a, a spiritual warfare that comes with, um, you deciding to put out the gospel anyway. So the word of God tells us that blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. And initially when I started, I was, you know, here in Jamaica, like persons were saying that I was new age. I was, I mean, it was, like there were some crying days, I must admit, but you know, um, it's so important to have a relationship with God. So every time, you know, I felt challenged, I had to just go back to my source and like, you know, Lord, this is what's happening. Um, having accountability, you know, that was, that has been big for me building a ministry. And, you know, you started by saying, you know, the whole ministry, sometimes we think about platforms and all of that, but the truth is the word of God, um, shows that you know ministry is about serving and stewarding you know those he has called you to serve and that's the mindset that I learned very early um, in my Christian walk how can I steward whatever the Lord has given me um, you know persons I remember persons were saying when I started to talk about branding I mean I was attacked about Christians should not build a brand should Christians should not try to build a platform um, it was really, you know, but I kept having to go to God, go to his word and, you know, say, this is just a new concept that persons didn't know, but it doesn't mean that it's ungodly. It just means that how are we stored in what God has given us? Yeah. And it's tricky because it can become an idol, right? Like building a brand and becoming famous can totally become yes. an end of itself. And it, it can become very evil doesn't mean that being famous is evil paul was very famous peter was so famous people lined the roads hoping he would walk past that his shadow would 
fall across him, right? Like that's that's really famous. <laughs> just leaving his house yes. with people waiting there. Um and but but it wasn't a sin for him to be famous, but it could have been. And and I really like what you ha- said about, you know, living in accountability because the more successful you are, the more important that accountability becomes. Th- that your life is submitted to uh, other believers who can challenge you. Right. Because the thing about pride is that we can't really see it in ourselves very easily. <laughs> and that we have those blind spots. And the more successful you are, uh, the more uh, um, traumatic your fall can be for others. And uh, and that's that's really scary, frankly. Right. And we see that with a lot of Christians. They have these incredible ministries and they you know they fly too close to the sun and they they fly away from accountability (laughs) and there's you know sometimes they surround themselves with a bunch of yes men they they have a board that's supposedly keeping them accountable really that's just rubber stamping everything they do or maybe they have no accountability at all and it, it leads them into trouble and so um it's really important to have that and and being kit and i will we're getting really theological here, but I would say uh, one of the best places to have that accountability is in your local church, right? Being uh, the people who see you every day or, or every Sunday and, and at small group and who know your family and your kids and they don't just know the like um, persona that's this seen online, right? They're the people who bring you soup when you're sick. Uh, th- those are really, really good people uh, to, to be holding you accountable. The, the people who are part of your community and, and it, it's, Burst out of that. There's a, there's a lot more I, I could say, but I, I probably shouldn't. <laughs> so, uh, Crystal, we're almost out of time. But uh, what uh, do you have any final points of encouragement or any tips you want to give for somebody who's kind of they're looking at that and they're like, I'm wanting to get started. You know, what what's the next step? Um, so one, I'm going to say a book is very powerful. A book, um, as Miles Monroe, Miles Monroe would have said, you know, a book leave a legacy beyond you. Um, so it means that, you know, evil, my books have reached places that, as you mentioned, I've never traveled before. Right. But that's the power of, um, writing down your thoughts and, um, you know, just sharing. I do also believe that, you know, we're in a season or we're approaching even more seasons where true Christian um, literature might be not as popular as, you know, before. So it means that we, you know, thank God for the C.S. Lewis and these persons that would have, you know, written books from then and we are still able to read books. So if you are desiring to, if you're a Christian desiring to share your message, definitely Yes, I advocate for speaking, podcasting, YouTube channel, but I do believe having a book is complementary to what you're doing, not just for a financial basis, but also for the long-term legacy of leaving that literature, um, you know, for the next generation and generation to come. And I, I think one, as we mentioned, just start with where you're at. Um, don't be afraid to get help, right? Um, I'm grateful for podcasts and books and, you know, other that I'm able to learn from. Don't, don't, don't be prideful to ask for help. Get the help. Pay for the help that you need. Um, you know, no, see, I believe in investing in what God has given us. Um, you know, like, People of the world are doing it. They are investing. We are willing to invest to get a degree. Why wouldn't you get help from, you know, the the book, book launch blueprint or, you know, whatever else? Like, why not? Um, so that's where, and then again, um, having accountability for that pride issue that might come, um, 
that accountability that would be able to just really in when you are stepping away from you know what God has called you to do and I think finally um keeping your mind on what really matters and that's eternity as a believer um it's it, we we strive for eternity for eternal rewards and if you keep that in mind um you are not afraid to charge because you know that you know it's not just about the money but about what you can do with the money um that you you know taking care of your family tidying better giving back you know um and living a, a comfortably enough life um here on earth until god comes so that's would be my encouragement well said. And and if you heard her say, you know, start a blog, start a podcast, do all those things, just realize Crystal did not do everything all at once. Definitely not. <laughs> she started with social media and then she added a blog and then so so a mistake would be, oh, Crystal's doing all these things. And you can check them out. We'll have a link at crystalday.com. Uh, but she didn't do them all all at the same time. Faithful with one thing, start where you are, master, you know, learn how to write a good 140 character tweet if that's where you need to start. I, I think starting with a blog is a better place to start. But, you know, start if you can't afford a blog, you know, start where you are on social media. And then slowly you add to that one thing at a time. And after a while, you find that your ministry has grown. And, you know, we call it ministry. You can call it platform, right? If the word platform is triggering for you, then just call it a ministry and you grow your ministry uh, <laughs> one piece of technology at a time. And each one you add, once you've mastered the one you're already on, is a little bit easier. You're not starting over from scratch. But uh, crystalday.com, it's day with an E, uh, but we'll have a link to it in the show notes. Crystal Day, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Our sponsor today is the Christian Writer's Market Guide. If you're wanting that help that Crystal was talking about, the Christian Writer's Market Guide is the go-to resource. It has a list of editors, agents, cover designers, typesetters, and so much more. If you are looking for help, if you are looking for an agent, or if you're looking for somebody to help you with the indie publishing process, check it out at christianwritersmarketguide.com. Thank you for listening to The Christian Publishing Show. For more information and to get episodes delivered to your phone automatically, visit christianpublishingshow.com.